0: I confess that I once saw in the L word that two of the girls were making out as one of them peed. Well, I did it to my girlfriend, and it turns out that now I'm into it. (laughs) I confess, I have fucked
1: four different professional clowns. When you use clown makeup as
0: lube, it is called clown holing. (laughs) Fun fact. I confess, I picked up a guy downtown and I let him eat me out as we drove to his hotel. When he looked up, I noticed that he had blood on his mouth. So I dropped him off at the door, told him I'd park, and then I took off as fast as I could. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, (laughs) Welcome to Bedpost Confessions!
0: Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a storytelling show based in Austin, Texas. Whether the stories are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Welcome to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. I'm Bedpost producer Sadie Smythe. This episode will feature CineRae from our January 2020 show. The theme was The Sweet Spot, featuring stories about moving through shame and embracing sexualities, identities and kinks. Sina Ray, a rope bunny turned rope rigger with a passion for breaking body barriers, enthralled the audience with her story Fear. And we hope it does the same for you, dear podcast listeners. Sina Ray is an Austin native who found a new life through kink. She leads a local fem centric rope group and on the occasion performs and presents at conferences and workshops across the country in all aspects of rope and kink. She works to modify elements for those who were told that they aren't capable. Cinna incorporates her body positivity into her leadership, teaching, and everyday life. We want to let you know that Cinna discusses a much-taboo sex act, one that has not been discussed on the Bedpost Confession stage. While it may be triggering and we support everyone practicing self-care, we do hope you will stay and bear witness to a powerful story about embracing pleasures. In Cinna's words, This story is a deep dive into my darkest secrets. These are the moments I spent searching for what it is I wanted, finding my kinks, and battling shame. Now I'm unafraid of what it takes to find my sweet spot. Lastly, all Bedpost Storytelling productions are made accessible to deaf audience members by the fantastic interpreters from Soul Illumination. Though the interpreters are there to serve the deaf, they enthrall the entire crowd with their beautiful expressions of American Sign Language. If you hear a roar of laughter and don't understand why, the interpreter may have stolen the show for a minute. Here is Cinna with Fear.
1: I confess that when I was 20 years old, I set a date with a man I had met online. He was older, much older. His profile had just a few photos, but enough to pull me in. I knocked on his door at 8 p.m. on a cold December night. He had brown hair and a clean-cut white beard. His tattoo sleeves peeked out of the black of his shirt. I had dressed up for him. My makeup was professional, photog-ready. My hair curled just like he had asked. I had debated my outfit for days. What would make me look older and sexy? I want him to think I'm mature and sophisticated. Turns out it didn't really matter because within minutes of entering his home, he ordered me to remove my clothes. I was standing naked in his living room, waiting. My legs shook in fear and anticipation, but I kept my gaze towards him and my shoulders thrown back to show I was ready. I had been having sex for years, but nothing like this. By 9 p.m., I was tied in rope, partially hanging from a tripod in his living room, a magic wand vibrator forced between my legs, just like photos from his profile. The Christmas tree twinkled, and I could see silver tinsel under my toes as I balanced on one foot. He snapped photos from the couch. Look up. I wanna see your eyes, he said. At eleven PM, my friend called to confirm all was well. When the phone rang, I was restrained in a hog tie on his bed. He politely answered the phone and we laughed as he held it to my face, so I could assure my friend that the night was going as planned. <laughs> Actually, it was going even better as planned. The night I became Sina. It means one who is tough in Macedonian, the country where my grandparents are from. It's sentimental and it made me feel a connection to the real me and not just the seen me. Ray and I fell hard and fast for each other. At least once a week we went to public rope events, anything from demo classes to weekend parties. At these events, sometimes we would be the only two doing anything more than tying and kissing. By Ray's rules, I wasn't allowed to wear clothes, and we tied the night wasn't done unless I had come for him, or at least given the room a show. To most in the rope community, the idea of a sexy scene was aesthetics, tricks, and maybe some pain. But for me, the pain had to be with pleasure, So if I was being tied, whipped, or hit, my clit wanted some attention, too. Above all, I wanted to feel fear. I was constantly seeking out the feeling of being a scared little girl in a stranger's home, like I was the first night at Ray's. The combination of adrenaline, anticipation, and anxiety was pure eroticism for me, and I got that feeling being tied. I was confident walking into every kink party, my hair and makeup done, wearing slick black dresses. But the second I was in his rope, Ray would break down that confidence and push my limits until my makeup was smeared from tears and I was shaking from an orgasm. The smeared tears were embraced at parties, but the orgasms not so much. When Ray and I played together, it was a tunnel of just the two of us. And it wasn't until we were fucking on the floor of a dungeon at a rope conference and the lights were turning on so they could kick us out that I realized how many people were watching and how many of them looked like we were the freaks. As if they weren't? I was confused and turned off by the lack of sexuality in such a sex-positive space. My introduction to kink had been hard and fast, naked, raw, and orgasmic but these parties were just potluck pseudo-competitions about who can do the flashiest rope tricks. I wasn't in this for the tricks or the King Ranch casserole. (laughs) I was in this for the sex. Ray and I met online through a website for swingers and couples looking for their perfect unicorn, so our mutual interest in group sex wasn't a surprise. After our first threesome and dabbling in orgies with friends, the topic of a gangbang came up. He had connections and could make it happen. Clubs, hotels, my own private event. I was terrified and so turned on. By this time, I had built a platform in the rope community as a leader and a plus-size advocate for bigger bodies in rope. I was scared I would be shamed for doing something so overtly sexual. Just being naked or having sex at monthly play parties was enough to turn their heads. What would they say if they knew what I was really into? I decided to protect Senna and use another name at gangbangs. Emma. A pseudonym for my pseudonym. Are you kidding me? The entire reason one turns to kink is to escape shame. Why was I having to hide a kink that was no more taboo than rope was? A kink away from my kink. So I became Emma. Sometimes. My second gangbang was at a kink party hosted at a swingers club. Ray and I went with our usual no expectations but ready to make trouble mindset. The second floor of the club was long, narrow room lined with beds side by side and places to sit and watch. The lights were red and low, just enough to see. The party was filled with voyeurs, exhibitionists, and everything in between. People shuffled through the room, peeping to see what was happening in each bed. We found a bed in the corner of the room. Ray pushed open the curtain and sat on the back corner. He grabbed my hair and pulled me onto the bed, his back leaning on the wall, forcing me onto all fours with my face in his lap. He shoved my mouth onto his cock. Before I would be anybody else's that night, I was his. Behind me, a crowd started to form. My dress was pulled off and my panties were thrown on the floor. My favorite tattoo was on show for everyone to see. Slut. I like how my friends laughed the most out of that because they know. It reads across my left ass cheek. A joke from one night in a tattoo shop that turned into my brand. Literally. The men who go to these parties are gangbang and swinger aficionados. This party in particular provides an opportunity for folks like this to come unescorted without having to pay the $150 plus cover. It's easy to make out the men that are there alone. They stand respectfully on the sides. They lurk, but they behave. And so without a word, Ray would give them the nod, and they would approach. One by one. Zipper. Condom wrapper. Squeak of the bed. Repeat. Ray took a fistful of my hair and pulled my face to his. I could barely catch my breath. I could feel my eyes watering. Every blink, the black of my mascara ran. Green, our eyes locked. Green, I'd say. This was our code for, I'm okay, let's keep going, without having to say more than one word. Ray pulled my hair and kissed me softly, and shoved my face back onto his cock. Ray was my protector. This was all for me. My kink was getting fucked, and his was watching me. When the bed moved, I knew the guys were switching. They would finish, and they would leave. With the first few men, I was able to lift my eyes to look around the room. I saw familiar faces, people from rope classes, and a few folks I had gone on dates with. I wanted to feel embarrassed or ashamed that people I knew were watching, but I didn't. I couldn't. There was no time. I was in my zone. Adrenaline, anticipation, and fear. The adrenaline of sex, let alone with multiple strangers, the anticipation of the orgasm I had been begging Ray for for over the last 20 minutes, and fear taking form in that I couldn't ID these guys even if I tried, but they could ID me. I knew there had been three men so far. No longer waiting for Ray, I took control pushing myself off hands and knees to sit up. I commanded the last guy to lay down. I put my hand on his chest, and my left hand guided him inside me. Ray laughed, looked toward the guys, and said, this is where she destroys you. Ray handed me my tiny pink vibrator. It was what I needed to send my body over the edge. I locked eyes with Ray. My legs shook, and I finished with a smile. I looked up, let out a laugh, and said, Next. (laughs) The crowd laughed at my smirk. I could have kept going all night. I pushed off the last guy I fucked, and I stood up with shaky knees, wiping my face and pulling my hair back. He pulled his condom off in disbelief that he had actually come. Ray pulled me in for a kiss. Good girl, he said, brushing my face as he turned off his dominant side and let his daddy instincts kick in. As I gathered my things and began to dress and enter back to reality, a woman I had gone on a date with and seen sporadically at parties approached me. Wow, that was incredible, she said. Did you have fun? I laughed and fumbled while untangling my clothes, kind of embarrassed but proud too. Yeah, I did. Thank you. She leaned in. So how did you screen all those guys? Did they have their test results with them on hand? I couldn't help but laugh. Screen these guys? Papers? I didn't even get their names. I quickly explained to her that all the guys wore condoms, and that was that. Her jaw dropped. I walked away holding Ray's hand, confused by her shock. Her jaw never dropped when she watched me suspend someone upside down, head aimed at the floor, spine and torsion, and ties that could cause permanent nerve damage. But I guess some risks are sluttier than others. (laughs) At first, I held on to a lot of the shame and judgment projected by people who didn't have the same kinks as me. I've had men tell me my future husband won't want me for the things I've done, which just confirms that I want a husband... Or a wife That wants me for my sluttiness As much as they want me for my gentle heart And dry humor <laughs> This thing that I like Gangbangs Which I learned the sign is gangbangs Gangbangs <laughs> I'm learning sign language <laughs> It's for me I'm the one getting fucked And having all the orgasms I want On my time These guys are lucky if they even leave with one. This isn't something I go out and do every weekend. I would never do it alone or without Ray. Above all else, this thing that Ray and I were into was more about trust and love than anything I've ever experienced. So when Ray relocated to Seattle last year, I found myself losing interest in the rope and kink scene. Rope wasn't a platonic Instagram carnival ride for me. I wanted sex, love, and ridiculous adventures laced with lovingly created fear. And so for three years now, through breakups and rekindling, Ray and I continue to create these experiences. On my first trip to Seattle, we did our usual sushi dinners and Criterion movie nights. Five days with him was a dream. The rope we did was hot, and the sex was even hotter. We were back to our old ways, which was comforting, but that feeling of fear was getting harder to achieve. We had done the rope, the group sex, and gangbangs. What was next? Was there more? After dinner, I slipped into my favorite black dress, tight enough to show my curves, but enough to be slipped past my waist at a moment's notice. We got in the car, and Wary quietly drove us down the interstate to a busy road with shops along each side. He pulled the car into the drive of a short and stocky red building, right next to a car wash. This place was one of Seattle's adult theaters, but we weren't here to watch movies. The parking lot was well over half full. I could see shadows of men sitting in their cars. They were waiting for women like me to walk in before they bothered to spend the $10 entry. I started to look around, my nerves chasing down my spine. There was that feeling. Ray pulled my hand closer and gave me a kiss. This was his way of saying, "Ice Ford, you've got this. Halfway to the front door of the building, I heard three car doors shut and footsteps walking towards us. The lobby was well lit and decorated with cheesy DVDs, cock rings, and cheap dildos, just like any sex shop. The men standing inside fell quiet once we entered. I pretended to scan the case as Ray paid our entry fees. I heard the faint sound of a woman moaning. It wasn't the porn playing. My legs shook. I clenched Ray's hand. My mind flashed back to that scared little girl. Ray opened the black door that led to a dark room. He stopped me in the small alcove before the hallway opened up to the theater. I turned toward Ray and he held my face. No one is going to touch you without my permission. Green, he said. Green. Thank you.
2: I confess, I lost my virginity to a woman who was 10 years older than me. I miss the way she dominated me. She was in control and taught me so much about sex. Bless her. Three exclamation points. <laughs> Emphatic. Emphatic.
1: I confess, when my high school boyfriend went down on me, I'd always picture my best high school girlfriend instead so that I could come. Um, now I'm gay.
2: <laughs> I confess, I loaned my boyfriends out to a friend that needed a sub. He loved it.
1: I confess, I have fully embraced that I am a sadist and a fucking freak. It's been the most freaking experience, no, freaking, but freeing experience. So happy. Fuck yeah!
2: I love the directness of that, and I also love the directness of this. It's so simple. I confess, I want to fuck right now. Can like, I just tell you, like the handwriting, there's urgency in this pe- in this in this penmanship. There's like, not even large, a punctuation. There is no mystery, no period. No, right now. Maybe they have gone. <laughs> <laughs> they, they couldn't wait.
0: Bedpost confessions is recorded in front of a live audience at the North Door in Austin, Texas. Have you purchased your I Confess t-shirt, tote, or journal? Snag yours in our online store at bedpostconfessions.com or tag us on Instagram at Bedpost Confessions so we can see how you rock our swag. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more audience confessions and for all up-to-date information on our live performances. As always, links to everything in the show notes. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Sadie Smythe, and Miranda Wiley. Our podcast production team is Mariah Gossett, Mike Moody, and Permanent Record Studios. And we know you want to confess. Tell us what you like about the podcast in a review on Apple Podcasts. Until the next time, keep confessing.